Thank you, Annalee, and thank you as well to Sandy and Megan for sharing about what Jesus has done for them. Um, I'd like to just take a few minutes of your time um, just to speak a bit more about this hope that Jesus has for us. Um, I wonder if you've got a good reputation or not. Um, I was looking back at my life, and I'm just kind of thinking back about times when I've had good reputations and times when I've had a bit of a bad reputation as well. Um, I remember when I was in primary school, um, we were doing Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat um, as a school play, and I grew up in a really, really small school, and there was only 60 of us in the whole place. Um, and so everyone was kind of ushered in to do the different parts of this play. Um, now, the poor teachers, it must be so difficult because, you know, you're trying to give everyone a part and they're giving away Joseph and they're giving away all the brothers and, you know, the Pharaoh and all these different people. And um, they got to me and my two friends who were in my class and they're obviously a bit stuck as to what to do. So they said, I know what we'll do is we'll pretend it's a TV show. We'll have an ad break and we'll dress you up as chocolate bars. You can come on and dance and then that'll be really good. And that's your bit. So I was about eight at the time and I was like, this is amazing. So... <laughs> I was so excited, I was so excited. So um, we got ready and we had um, this old lady who lived in the village we were in, she came in, she helped make us our costumes and I wanted to be a crunchy bar. So that was it, we got it all made, it was all done. And then the evening came, my parents were there, my granny was there, it was all really exciting, all the parents in this wee hall. And um, so the moment came, we had to run up. So I was so excited, I ran in front of my friends and went and didn't see that there was a cable running across. I tripped predictably, and fell off the side of the stage. <laughs> to make it slightly worse, Mrs. Toz, the music teacher, was there playing the piano. It was one of those upright ones. And there was probably about a foot in between that and the stage. So me in my crunchy bar suit <laughs> got fell down and was wedged in between. <laughs> so just picture it, this eight-year-old ginger-haired kid <laughs> screaming with his legs flying like this. That was a low point for my reputation. Things got better, though, and um, I went to high school in Peebles, um, which is the best place in Scotland after Edinburgh. And um, we, um, so I was there, and I just remember in my history class, um, I, was, I was quite a good kid, really. I normally did my work, but the one thing I really hated was homework. Oh, it was just such a pain. When, it was like, there's home and there's work. Why would you put them together? They're different things. So, um, particularly in history, that's the one I really struggled with. There was lots of writing. So... Um, one day I just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to bother doing it. I thought I'd take a chance that the teacher wouldn't check. So we got in and the um, teacher just got on with the lesson, didn't check our homework. And I was like, amazing. So I should have just said, okay, that was good. I got off once. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again. So I did it again. I got away with it. I did it again, got away with it. And this went on for six months. So I sat next to my friend Rob and he was, he was a good guy as well. And he did his homework and he was like... Andy, you are going to get killed one day. When Mr. Moore finds out, he's going to absolutely rip you apart. And I was like, no, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. So anyway, there was this bad kid in our class, and one day he was, make, he was you know, being a pain. And the teacher was like, right, I'm sick of this all. You've not, you've not done your homework. You know what? Everyone, get your books out. I'm going to check that everyone's done their homework. So I was like, oh, no. So he started off. I was in this corner, and he started off at that corner. So he got everyone's books, and then he was like, you didn't do your homework last week. Right, detention. And I was like, oh, no. And so Rob's there, and he's like digging me at the side, and he's like, you're dead. <laughs> so I was like, oh, thanks very much. So he went round, he went round, and then it came to me, and I was just like, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. So he stood in front of me, and he said, well, Andrew, at least there's one person in the class I can trust to have done their homework. 
Yes. <laughs> Mr. Moyer, if you're here, I'm really sorry about that. Um, so whether you have a good reputation or a bad one, I think we all want to be satisfied in life. Some of us look to reputation to give us satisfaction, but other people have different things. I'd like to tell you a wee story from the Bible that, about Jesus speaking to a woman about this. So it starts off with Jesus. He's been walking for a long time, and he stops for a rest. So let's read it together. Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. See, we were all made to be satisfied. We were all made to find peace and happiness in this world. And this woman was the same. She had lots of desires growing up. As a little girl, you can see her dreaming about her life in the future and thinking what's going to happen. But things hadn't gone well for her. This woman was poor. She didn't have servants to go and get the water for her. She was quite hard up and she had to go and do these things herself. She was alone as well. In that culture, it's very hot during the day. And so the woman who went out to get the water from the well would go out in the early morning and in the evening when it was cooler. And they'd go out as a group and it'd be like a social occasion. But this woman didn't want to go with them. She was ashamed. She was judged by other people. In addition, this woman had had a string of relationships and they hadn't worked out. She felt abandoned and kept looking elsewhere for love and acceptance, each time being more and more disappointed. The thing about this woman is she wasn't particularly looking for God, but he was looking for her. Jesus comes to her. It looks like he's, you know, sending the disciples away to buy some food so he can take a rest. But actually, he was creating an opportunity for him to get to know this woman and to speak to her. This is classic Jesus. He, he loves people individually. He loves getting time to speak to you just where you are and wanting to get to know you and get into a relationship. He loves it when people realize that the world doesn't satisfy because people who realize the world doesn't satisfy are ready for him to satisfy them. Picture the scene, this woman was sneaking out, hoping to avoid judgment, hoping to avoid those glances and those comments from the other people. And she sees a man at the well. I imagine she was probably pretty embarrassed and worried, but she was also defiant. I'm gonna go anyway. I need to get this water. Jesus starts a conversation with her. He's the first one to reach out. 
The first thing she noticed was their different ethnicities. Now, she was a Samaritan, and so you need to know a bit of the history of the Middle East for this, but the Samaritans were a group of people who were a mix of Jewish and other people from the area. They'd intermarried and became this kind of separate people group. And there's a lot of enmity between the Jewish people and the, and the Samaritan people. And often they wouldn't, they wouldn't even talk. The Jews really looked down on these Samaritans. And so Jesus mentioned something intriguing to her. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Jesus seems to be offering her something more, something which interests her. As I say, she's had a hard life, relationship disappointments, financial difficulties, poor friendships. She felt alone and lonely. She's interested and she wants to know more. Anyone who drinks this water, Jesus says, will become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So that makes sense, doesn't it? You know, we drink water, a few hours later, we're thirsty again. And it's the same with other things we try to satisfy ourselves with. We might go to rest or comfort or friendships or career. And these things, they can give us a temporary satisfaction, but after a while, it, it starts to wear off. And we feel just that unease within our pit or stomach again. Jesus offers something that will satisfy forever. Not because you drink it once and then walk away, but Jesus promises a constantly flowing life that comes from us and infuses our whole life. It's a reservoir of life within us. When life takes a bad turn, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're worried about things, that's, this reservoir is still there the hope that Jesus gives. As Megan says, there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing him personally. You might be someone that goes to church. You might have gone to church for years. You might have lots of Christian friends. But actually, you don't know Jesus yourself. When we really know him, we invite Jesus to come and live within us. Now, Jesus wasn't just being nice to this woman out of pity. He was saying that God had come to earth because he wants to dwell within us. Be with us in all the storms of life so we can have this satisfaction within us too. No matter how you feel this morning, if you're lonely, if you're scared, if you're bored, he doesn't just want to help, want to help you. He wants to become a river of eternal life flowing within you. And you'll have a chance to ask him to do this in a few minutes. And so the woman, she's really intrigued. She's heard and she's believed Jesus. And so she says to him, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. This is a key moment for this woman. She saw that Jesus was offering something which she wanted, something genuine. There was something about Jesus where she just said, I trust him. I know that what he says is true. Jesus, however, saw a problem. He saw that this woman genuinely wanted to receive this gift from him, but the woman wasn't being herself with Jesus. You see, this life, we can't get it pretending to be someone we're not. Sometimes we want to look good on the outside and keep, keep all the hidden things inside us away, but Jesus doesn't want this for us. He wants us to have, to have a genuine relationship with him where he knows everything about us. And we can do this. We can project this image. We can look like we have it all together. People looking on might say life is rosy and good. 
but underneath there might be issues that maybe no one else knows about. Jesus isn't looking for people that have it all together. (laughs) He doesn't look for people who just look good on the inside. He's looking for people who are brave enough to be real with him. What he said must have shocked this woman. (laughs) It looks a bit harsh when he mentions about her different relationships. But with Jesus is desperate that they have a real friendship, that she is open about who she is. For this woman and this culture, having five marriages was a deeply shameful thing. This was why no one went to the well with her. This is why she was alone. It's why she avoided people. Jesus knew everything about her. He knew everything bad she'd done. He knew everything good she'd done as well. He loved her deeply. (laughs) He loved her so deeply. And he wanted her to have a relationship with him because he knew that that relationship would give her life, give her hope, and give her joy. He asked her a question. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. This is what is on offer for you today. Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything. And this doesn't make him hate you. He's not disgusted or ashamed of you. He's also not impressed. If you've done lots of good things, he's not impressed with that either. He loves you, though. (laughs) He loves you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. This woman left Jesus completely changed. She'd realized there was something different about him. You might feel that people are distant from you. You might feel lonely or alone. This is a relationship more intimate than any other we can have. Even a romantic, a romantic relationship can only go so far, but Jesus offers us something else. Him living inside us and giving us life. That woman had not planned to meet with God himself that day. Jesus came to her and he invited her to a life which is deeply satisfying, (laughs) full of joy and the peace of knowing that your past is dealt with. You can live knowing Jesus is with you today. Let's look again at what he said. Ask me and I will give you living water. So easy. You don't have to prove anything. You just have to say, Jesus, I need you. Come and live within me. And so I'd like to give you a chance to do that just now. Would you all mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes? Just give people some privacy. I'm going to ask you to make a big decision just now. Maybe you're someone who has never known Jesus. You've never asked him to come into your heart before. You've never asked him to give you this living water, this eternal life which he can give. Jesus says to you now, ask me and I will give you eternal life. I will give you living water. Maybe you're somebody who asked Jesus into your heart years ago, but life has taken hard turns and... (laughs) Things have happened which maybe no one else knows about and your relationship has grown distant. 
Jesus is here this morning and he wants to get back into relationship with you. Ask me and I will give you living water. Come back. And so if this is you, all you need to say this morning is yes. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to give me your eternal life, this living water within me. And so I'm going to give you a chance to respond to Jesus now. And sometimes it's really helpful to give an outward sign of an inward change and cement what Jesus has done in your heart. And so on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you'd like to ask Jesus to do this for you this morning. One. Jesus loves you. He loves you deeply. Two. He knows everything about your life. He knows everything that's happened, good and bad. He loves you. He wants to make your life better. He wants to help you. Three. Please raise your hand if you'd like to ask Jesus to do this for you this morning. Jesus, I thank you for being here with us just now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. I pray you would help us to know you with us. I pray for your presence now. Thank you very much. Um, if you've responded this morning, um, I would ask you just to come. We have Bibles we'd love to give you. Um, so Maureen is here, and she's got these Bibles here. And upstairs is Jenny, if you're up there. We'd love to chat to you. We'd love to get to know you better. Please come and speak to us. Thanks very much. I'm just going to ask the band to come up now. And we'll finish with a final song.